I am unashamed. What about you? Welcome back to Unashamed. Um, Jason, when you walked into that, I thought you were wearing the shirt that Dad noticed <laughs> from a few podcasts back because it's another, you know, kind of a bright, colorful camo pattern. But I realized when I got a closer look at it, it's different. And so, <laughs> Un- Unashamed Nation strikes again. <laughs> I, a f- few podcasts ago, I was wearing uh, this shirt that I got from the local, what is it? It's like a sporting goods store. Yeah. I it, mean. It was started out just a fishing shop, but they've kind of expanded. They got apparel and they sell it, sunglasses. And- it used to be a 7-Eleven. It's about, you know, 300 yards from. I used the, to throw up behind it every time I went hunting. So but there's you got to go back 50 years for that, Jeff. There's a good brother in the Lord uh, who owns it, who's the brother of uh, Mac Owen, who, did we have him on the podcast? Yeah, we did. He, well, uh, and then his son, of course, John David, everybody knows from Duck Call Room, so, and he works there, too. Yeah, they work there, so so y'all liked, evidently, the shirt I had on, <laughs> and y'all descended on the honey hole with emails and orders, and it sent them into chaos. <laughs> So the result was we got a package at my house, and Missy said, why in the world are you ordering stuff from the honey hole? <laughs> Instead it's of a mile down the road. <laughs> and, and I was like, are you finished? <laughs> I said, there's a story here. And so I opened it up, and they gave me three like shirts of the one. Not the exact one. I think they were sold out. Shocker. But they did send me a large, which... I guess I look larger on TV. Uh, <laughs> That's what I've been saying for years. Yeah, the camera adds, you know, twenty pounds. So, uh, but that was that was fun. So, thank you for supporting those guys and giving them giving them hope. Uh, yeah, it'd be hard to be a Ma and Paul store. Yeah, I'm I'm impressed because they're going up against all the big boys, the big box stores, and they're holding their own. So well, these these guys love Jesus, and so it's yeah, David's been a long time friend. So, but they're real comfortable shirts. They look and comfortable. They have the little hoodie. Uh, they're great for like what I do, like treasure hunting, because I don't like the sun to hiding be out in airports, hiding out in airports, <laughs> and just relaxing. Well, what was so funny about the first one was that of all people. Dad's the one that noticed it. Oh, that's, that's when I was I was just you know bearing my soul about my terrible MRI experience, and Dad said, "You know, when I was talking about that, I was noticing Jason's shirt." <laughs> it was like it was like he was Dad had cut me off at somewhere in my story, and then started noticing Jason's shirt and actually mentioned it. So that was funny, Dad, that you would notice somebody's clothes. Well, the title of a, of a book that reached who knows where. It, uh, that's the wordage. I could be wrong, but I, I doubt it. it. I like it. I'm glad you brought that up. Which Where, let me mention, since he brought it up before you say what you're going to say, Nate, I could be wrong, but I doubt it.com is where you go to pre order said book that dad just mentioned. And we'd love for you to pre order. So anyway, go ahead, Jess. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say where we studied Luke and we got so excited about it because we learned a lot of new things. Which, I mean, how many years have you been in the Lord? Well, um, let's think back here. Well, I was I was eighteen. Well, your really, story's complicated. Yeah, when I was eighteen, when I really got in, so that was forty years ago. Forty. Forty years ago, I was fourteen. 
which was 40 years ago. So we were right about the same time. That's right. In actuality. That's exactly right. Because I had uh, come back home, and you were about that, that age. Exactly. So. And Phil, you're going back, let's see, 28. It, let's do the math. Because you'll be 78 this Phil, 50 years. 50 years. In the Lord. Yep. And what's amazing is I just said we're having these, I would say, daily moments of of learning things that you haven't seen before, clarifying. Well, it I mean, sparked us so much in our view of the kingdom because um, it's so much in there in the book of Luke that we're actually writing a book. <laughs> we're going to write a book about the kingdom. So, I mean, that's, that's we are. How, that's a tease. Yeah, there's uh, a tease for if it. If we can get uh, – because Zach, who's – <laughs> Obviously, let me just go ahead and say this. Zach I, lacks stamina. I'll tell you what Zach's probably. And I want to say biblical this. Biblical stamina. I don't read the comments. So <laughs> if you're commenting toward me, I'm not going to read it. But I will say this. I love Zach. He's my cousin. He's my of family. Course. He's, he, he's, and, and we actually line up very similar in a lot of major like theological issues. That's and, right. and, you know, we obviously all are unified on who Jesus is and what he did, and that being the main thrust. I mean, he's the image of the invisible God. You want to know what God is like, you 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 must go to Jesus first. This Bible is about Jesus. Right. So I think you have to remind everybody of that. But what happens is in all these things that go along with that, I mean, we're talking about how many years of history for this Bible? Well, thousands, at least 6,000, around 6,000 years of human history. And we've got over 40 or 41 authors, depending on the details of that, are writing this as they're being carried along by the Holy Spirit, which is an interesting phrase, as as they're writing. And, you know, you have all these ideas of the Holy Spirit being like the wind, and in the Old Testament, you see it like fire and a cloud, you know, the presence of God. I mean, it, it, it's a, it would be a hard thing to wrap your head around if you were, you know, if God was literally holding your hand saying, let me explain the Holy Spirit of God, how that, how that works. Because us as people who are finite and are bound by time and space and are pretty much go by what we see. Right. So that's why I always thought it was interesting when Jesus said people that are born of the Spirit, it, it's like the wind. You know, you you hear the sound, and you you can tell what it's doing because, you you know, it's blowing the trees, or but you don't know where it is or where it's coming from. So keep that in mind because, you know, when you try to wrap your head around the Holy Spirit, and we're, and we're going to study Acts here. And it's pretty obvious in the second chapter that we have a historical moment here when it's referring to the Holy Spirit. And even what Jesus said about it, it's like the wind, like as you mentioned. You know, you don't know where it comes from. You don't know where it's going. Uh, this Before we get to the text, uh, a couple of things. One is, uh, so a, a first that's ever, never happened before happened this weekend at an event. So we were at least, and I were in Coweta, Oklahoma, and we're doing a marriage event. And uh, so we're the first night. You know, we share our story, kind of how the, I talk a little bit about the family and Duck Dynasty and all these different things. And so um, 
I don't know, there was probably 250 people at this church, couples. It was a two-day event for them. They were going to watch the movie, you know, So, which now is like such a marriage thing as well as just a chain story because of your family, Dad, and us. And uh, so we had been running and gunning. I mean, we've had a lot of travel this month, and I'd set this up by saying, Lisa, you know, you're, you drink a lot. I've learned you if you're going to be flying a lot and on the road a lot, you need to drink a lot of water. Because it's easy to get dehydrated. You get a little bit sick anyway. But anyway, so we get up to speak, and we'd had a great worship together. I mean, Lisa's, we're standing on the front row. We're worshiping God. We're ready to roll. So we get up on the stage. I do about 20 minutes of open, and we're just standing there together. And they put some little chairs up there for us, like tall chairs. And so Lisa's sitting in the tall chair while I'm doing my thing. And so then I, you know, hand it over to her. It's kind of the way we do the thing. Well, she gets up. She's about 10 minutes into it, and she paused, and she said, "Ooh, I'm a little bit dizzy. And she went back over, and she kind of sat on her chair. Well, I'm, I'm, watch, I'm looking at her, like trying to assess the situation. And she took about 10 seconds, and she said, I'm okay. And so she stepped back up. Well, now I'm, I'm watching her close because, I mean, I mean, you know, you just don't normally stop in the middle of a presentation. So she starts back into it, and I didn't realize this because I'm so focused on her. I wasn't really listening to what she was saying in the moment, but someone later from the crowd said she was at this point where she was talking about our first date, and she said, she, here's the word she said. She said, yeah, and Al you know, was passed out in the back seat, drunk, and my two cousins were inside a strip bar, which is what happened on our first date, sadly. And she says that, and she turns around and looks at me, and she says, oh, this is bad. And then she just starts, like, her body starts to get, she took a step toward me, and her body just starts to go down. And so I reached out and grabbed her, like, under the arms. She went clean out. Oh, man. She passed out. Well, you know, you're in front of an audience of people, so, like, immediately, you know, you're scared to death. What what just happened? Your wife passes out in the middle of a speech. So before I could even get her laid out, I mean, she kind of just set her down, but her head went down. She was out. There were 10 people. I have to give tip my hat to Coweta, Oklahoma, because this is a young church. There were two doctors, about six nurses, and two EMTs. And before she even got set out hardly on the stage, they were there. And they just took over. I, I stepped back, and they're just like, all right, give me this. Give him a blood pressure cup. Da, da, pop, 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 pop. And the audience is just silent. And, and they're like checking her blood pressure. And they get a thing. They they pricked her finger. They're checking her blood sugar. I mean, the stage turned into a trauma unit. Yeah, a triage center. <laughs> a triage center. And look, so she's awake now. And she's kind of at first a little adult. And then, then she's like, I'm okay. And they got a wet thing on her back. And the pastor comes up and he says, do you, do you want me to clear this room? I said, well, let's, let's just see what happens here. I, I don't know. I don't know how serious this is. So after they sat there and they you know went back and forth, asked a ton of questions, is she this, is she that? Turns out she was dehydrated in the moment. So we, she's drinking some water. But she sits there for five or ten minutes, and then she's like, I'm good. <laughs> And so I'm not sure whether, like, should we shut this down? Like, I, all this stuff's running through my brain. We, we're about halfway through our presentation. So y'all just went on and finished? Well, she, they brought her out a low chair, and they yeah. said, why don't you sit in this? And so I was like, babe, I'll just pick it up and fit it. Cause what I could, day was this going on? This was Friday night, this past Friday night. 
So she sits down in that chair and she looks at me and she was like, no, I'm good. And I was like, are you sure? And of course, everybody's still in the audience. So then by now we're fixing to do this. So I got to like lighten it back up a little bit because we just went through a thing. So and I'm then like, you said she was down, but the <laughs> Lord raised her I up. Said, that's, I said, this is like a resurrection. Of course, everybody starts cheering and clapping. And I said, first of all, let me just thank you people that just came up on stage because, I mean, you talk about a response group. And, of course, they clapped again for them. And I said, well, i tell you one thing. You're never going to forget whatever we say from this point forward. Yeah. This will never be forgotten because I had the marriage retreat go, well, it was great. You know, the lady was speaking passed out. That'll always be part of the story. It was resuscitated. And Lisa then... gets that microphone, and she just goes into it. And it was one of the best she's ever done. And I asked her later, I was like, babe, were you having trouble concentrating? Because you just passed out. She said, a little bit. She said, but, you know, God got me through it. And so the next day, we did, like, two more sessions the whole time. And it was amazing. But I, I was it's never happened before. Uh, she's going to do a little blood work just to make sure it's not something else. But she has been fine the whole weekend since. And it was the weirdest, strangest thing that she just passed smooth out. That's crazy. Halfway through a presentation. And y'all continue. And we continued. And then after she was done, I got up to close it out, and I said, let me just tell you something. I am married to a strong woman. Dad, uh, I don't know if you were, I, were planning this when you moved down here where, we, where we're sitting today in this area uh, back in 1976. It was kind of more to get away, but by getting away, you actually were preparing yourself for sort of anything that comes, right? I mean, you live off the land. You know, was that was that your thinking? Were you thinking maybe one day if, if I got to be hemmed up someplace, this is a place to be? Yeah. I mean, you fished a river, right? We fished hunt. the river. Didn't make as much. You didn't, uh, then started a business building my own duck house. And it just a few so and a few more and a few more before it was over. Had our own business, right. It's I would a, say self-reliance. It's a nice way to say that Phil lives in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> that's right. We're very self-reliant uh, when we're down here for sure. And uh, that's kind of the point of our friends at My Patriot Supply. Uh, they're trying to be able to get us to be self-reliant. And part of that is being prepared for whatever happens. So they have a four-week emergency food kit Um and it has 16 food and drink varieties, so there's no food boredom. It's not the same thing over and over again. Uh, it has over 2,000 calories per day, uh, so you're not going to starve to death. It's also sealed inside ultra-durable packaging, and so these meals can last up to 25 years in storage. Stock up on all the food kits for your family's needs at their website, preparewithfill.com. Get each four-week food kit for $60 off. And free shipping. So it's a good time to do it. Preparewithphil.com. Protect yourself. Protect your people. Preparewithphil.com. Let me say this before we get into our text. This weekend, Lisa and I are going to be at the South Coast Church in Mobile, Alabama. Now that I've teased this, if you're in the Mobile area, you might want to come and see what happens because we had a resurrection in the last one is what it felt like. Uh, but anyway, if you want to check uh, that out, we got a marriage thing on Saturday, and I'm preaching on Sunday. So, well, I never finished my thought about Zach not being here, uh, but you know, I, I just was going to make the point: it's going to be very difficult to write a book based on current interaction, right? 
because uh, you know I haven't seen Zach in a couple of weeks. That that was my analysis <laughs> of that. So love you, Zach. Miss you. <laughs> Glad you tied that all. Um, well, even you were talking about I mean event though when we did the marriage thing, and I was going to bring this up when Missy was on because I think she was on our last podcast. Yeah. Uh, but. I said, oh, I forgot to bring up that you got sick. And she's like, I'm glad you didn't. But so we spoke. So that was the week before. It wasn't the same day. Right. And after we spoke, it, was a, it, was, it wasn't like a plan kind of thing. I mean, we, I had a few notes or whatever, yeah. and I went over them during that podcast. But yeah, that was such your, your Valentine's event. Yeah, and it was a Q&A type of thing. But so after that, we took pictures with everyone that was there. They had a little studio set up. Well, we were about three quarters of the way through, and she said, I need some water. And she left. But she didn't come back because the people in line, yeah, they were like, we're going to wait on Missy. What's it, who left? Missy. And five minutes into it, I thought, well, this is odd. How long does it take to get some water? And so then uh, Kendall who kind of puts the event on, she she came up and said, Missy said, go ahead without her. And I was like, is there something wrong? I mean, so I was thinking either she doesn't feel well yeah. or there's a wardrobe malfunction yeah. or something like that. That was this week? It was the week before. There's no connection. It was a week <laughs> later. But it has happened. To all. I was just saying this. I think, you know, where perishable things happen because what happened was she was sick and and she got food poisoned, not from the event. We didn't eat at the event, but yeah. she had eaten something before we left. So she did that. She was gone for, I'd say, 15 minutes. And so finally the line started moving. And then she just came back. Yeah. And we took the pictures yeah. and went on. Then the ones that missed her came back. And we, and, but so then we, I didn't even know till we got in the car. She's like, oh no, I was out there throwing up in the trash can. I was like, <laughs> Oh, you were sick? <laughs> she was like, but because Missy never gets sick. Right. I mean, very seldom. And uh, she was like, I think it was, we determined, because we said, well, we'll see if it's a virus or some kind of stomach poet, flu or what. But, but it was just, she's like, well, I had eaten a couple hours before, whatever was in there, bam. But I think that's just part of being human, which is the struggle of of life. Yeah, I mean, things happen. We're getting older. That's right. But like in our case, I mean, we never thought about, we, we might have shut it down that night, but we were coming back the next day and finishing up. And if Lisa was able, but if she wasn't, I would have just picked it up. But we, we were, we were going to, we were selling some books in the back and going to meet folks and we just left. And then we did all that the next day. But it was just, it was just a weird occurrence. It's never happened in front of a crowd of people. Well, you moved on. We moved I, on. I, I think it was good. But I think you're right. Perishable is probably a good word for it. But it is odd, because I, I didn't know about Missy getting sick last weekend. But well, and it I didn't, happen with all I didn't bring it up, yeah. and, and she was glad, because she was like, well, that's embarrassing. I Although like, I did, Dad, I did think about you in the moment. I was telling the story, because we stayed with some friends for a couple of days after the event, and I was telling them about the time. It reminded me of the time a little of when you had you were teaching a Bible class across the hall from me back in the day, you and I used to teach two big Bible classes at our church. And 
so you had a kidney stone issue and you'd kind of been battling well that thing was trying to pass while you were up teaching that's right and so Paula, I was I was in the room. Oh, you were there. I was in the room. So they said it was awkward. Phil should have stopped. I mean, because <laughs> well, what, I thought look, about that in the moment. Once you're laying down on the floor with your feet up on the wall, <laughs> pointing the opposite direction from the audience, you were trying to find a comfortable position because yeah. you were in such pain. We were no longer listening because <laughs> the, <next>, the next <laughs> maneuver is, is as time progressed. I I barely did make it. So I went right to the hospital. Well, Paula came up and got you. She just, she finally said, well, Phil, it's over. The way it happened was multiple medical people kept trying to come up to Phil, and Phil said, I'm all right. I'm all right. <laughs> but finally, they just said, hey, you got to go. We, we get came, in the hospital. And I, I learned that being asleep in Christ means when we die. When we die, I'm, I'm convinced because after this thing, when I said, how long does this take, Doc? I'm, I'm lying back like that. He said, oh, it won't take long, but about an hour. I said, yes. So I said, all right, that's pretty good. And I was talking to him. Oh, so they look, knocked you out, I guess. Look, I, I closed my eyes, and I, and I stopped being aware. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm out. Yeah. I said, how long will it take? He said, about an hour. Well, look, I closed my eyes, and then... 1001, I thought, I opened back, opened back up my eyes, and I said, Doc, let's get the show on the road here. <laughs> and the doctor looked at me. The show is over. And he was shaking this little uh, kidney, stone. kidney stone. He said, I got it for you. And I said, my goodness, I, I understand the resurrection. <laughs> and he said, he said, oh, you just hallucinate. He told one of them nurses that. I said, I'm not hallucinating. I said, when a son of God dies, yeah. or woman, when they die, it's such a deep sleep that that's what it is. You just come out. No time will pass. Yep. I'll be asleep. No time will pass. Well, well I will, if it's a thousand years, you close your eyes and you open them. You're, you're you're home free, so I really believe that's what happened. You soul sleep, they call son it. or daughter of God, because it's called a sleep. Have you ever been put to sleep, Dad? Oh yeah. So the but you're right that the I've been put to sleep maybe three times, and every time, it is amazing. It's like it's it's literally like like a snap of the finger. You miss that time. It's different from when you sleep. At well, night. how is that any different from when you sleep? No, every because other you, night? Cause you you because in this sleep you are dead asleep, like you are when they give you that medicine. Right. Well, trust me. Last night when I went to sleep at about two o'clock in the morning, you were dead asleep. When I woke up. I felt like I had been resurrected. Yeah, I was just, so there are. Well, I guess what I'm saying is that maybe people I never have dreamed during anesthesia sleep. Maybe people do. In fact, we got a guest coming on this week later. I'm super excited. And how many? Oft, how often do you remember your actual dream? Well, what I was going to say was I read his book. He's coming on this week, and he was in a coma for 12 days. And some of the stuff that he dreamed was, I mean. That may be interesting. It's going to be very interesting because it's a, there was some spiritual warfare going on. But I want to get into that, but it, it's yeah. going to be great. Look forward to it. But All right, let's take another break. So uh, all of us have been uh, very active and involved in the pro-life ministry. Uh, and we know that the heartbeat is kind of the key to that. I mean, look, 
I don't know how you can be a parent and not have in your top 10 memories the first time when you see the ultrasound and you're literally participated in a human life that is now showing a beating heart. It just, I was, I was overcome with emotion every time I saw my kids in that moment. Yeah. And there's that, the sound just connects you to them, right? Immediately. Uh, I didn't realize this until our our friends at Preborn told us about this, but a a baby's heart begins to beat uh, at three weeks, uh, which is amazing. And at five weeks, uh, you can hear that, as you described, Jace, on the ultrasound. And so that's where Preborn steps in. Uh, They rescue over 200 babies every day from abortion simply by providing a mother with a free ultrasound and allowing her to hear her child's heartbeat and to see that little perfectly formed body in their womb. By six weeks, the eyes are forming. By 10 weeks, a baby is able to suck his or her thumb. But preborn needs our help to be able to save these little souls. For just $28, you could be the difference between the life or death of a baby. If you become a monthly sponsor, you'll receive stories and ultrasound pictures of the lives that you help rescue. All gifts are tax deductible, and 100% of your gift goes towards saving babies. To donate, just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 baby. Or you can donate securely at preborn.com slash unashamed. That's preborn.com slash unashamed. All right, let's get to some texts. We're all over the place today. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 is where we are. And we're going to spend a little time in Acts just following up from Luke uh, because Luke obviously wrote Luke, and we just finished it. and then But it segues right into Acts 1. Literally, the last three or four verses in Luke are what he's talking about here in Acts 1. It's the same thing. He ascends into heaven. Well, even, even in the... I do think it's interesting. I studied this last night because I was studying Acts 2 last night and about this spirit being poured out. But even in the last two verses of Luke, when he said they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they stayed continually at the temple praising God, which I think is an important thing, thing to ponder because you're fixing to see the Holy Spirit being poured out while they're in Jerusalem, near or at the old temple. Correct. And it's you have this moment in history where the new temple is being formed where the old temple was. Correct. The new temple is being formed in human beings via the Holy Spirit. Right. I mean, what a thought. That's right. And and I'm assuming, we don't know this because the Bible doesn't tell us, but I'm assuming that they rehung that curtain in between the Holy of Holies and the Most Holy Place. But it didn't matter that they, remember because it tore in half when Jesus died? It didn't matter that they replaced it. It was, it's over. That's it's right. been so, torn. It's over. So no well, matter, it was officially over in AD 70 when, when right. the whole place just got decimated. Which is Jesus has been predicted. So yeah. to to your point, Jays, then that's why I wanted to at least, we read this in the, in the last word podcast before last but I want to go back because Jesus is going to tell him exactly what's going to happen. And then, of course, it does. He says to wait here in Jerusalem, wait for the gift my father promised, 
which you heard me speak about. And what's he talking about? He's talking about the Holy Spirit. It's John 14 through 16. That's the gift. Well, also he promised in, I want to read that too, in, in Luke 24, because he said, Luke 24, 49, I am going to send you what my father has promised. Yep. But stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Yep. And that's right. So that's, if you go back and read John 14, 15, 16, he clearly lays out in the book of John exactly what he was talking about, exactly what he yeah. was promising. Well, and just to give you one verse of that, just so we can clarify what you're saying, in John 14, 16, he says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor, or some versions say advocate or comforter. Yep. To be with you forever. Right. And where's that one that says, I think I wrote it down. The one that says, if I don't go away. Yeah, that's in there too. Uh, where is that? Is it in 14 or 16? It's, uh, I think it. Uh, that's 16, 7. Yeah. Yeah, read so that one. Let me read you this one. So he says, uh, well, in verse 5 of chapter 16 to John, now I'm going to him who sent me. Yet none of you ask me, where are you going? Because I have said these things, you are filled with grief. But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Which really, to your point, Jess, you, you made a point a couple of podcasts back about the ascension and the importance of it. And which took you into Ephesians. Remember, you got into that. Oh, and I have continued uh, to do that. In yeah. fact, while you were doing your event, I did an event here locally at First West Saturday. Oh yeah, yeah, it was nice. And uh, it was a men's group. I think it was called Forged by Fire. And what's weird is usually I just kind of do the same speech. I have my duck calls, and I would just give an overview and point people to Jesus, tell a few jokes. I got up there and just launched into Ephesians and never left 45 minutes. And I thought, man, this podcast, my own podcast is influencing because <laughs> I could not, uh, I just, I just couldn't help it. Which by the way, we've now altered, we're going to Ephesians, Jason's, and I love Ephesians, so we don't think we've taught it yet, so or, or uh, studied it yet, so we're going to do that. But it, it really impressed upon me that Here's Jesus being ascended, and and I'll, I'll I'll just read a couple verses of Ephesians, just because since I talked about it before, I've actually stumbled upon a few other things. But this Ephesians four and verse ten, it says, "He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens, in order to fill." The whole universe. I mean, just think think of Jesus, because we just read in the earlier text in Acts 1 on the podcast before, Missy's, that he went around and gave many convincing proofs he was alive. Well, why is he doing that for 40 days? Because it's hard for the human mind to wrap your head around this guy's come, come back from the dead. And... He appeared to them over 40 days, and he spoke about the kingdom of God. And then he talks about this receiving power from the Holy Spirit. And then after he said this, he 
levitate. Right. And now, granted, when you go read all the scholars and every everybody, a lot of them have trouble with that. Right. They think, well, that can't be like real. Why? Why would he do that? Because he wouldn't have to. But it's kind of to me the same reason he ate fish. Did he have to eat the fish post resurrection? Yeah. No, he he wanted to to show you that exactly. we're gonna uh, be a family. I don't think he did anything without a plan. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a plan, but I'm saying in the levitating, I think the sign is he's being exalted. Exactly. So I mean, I don't think that once the cloud hit him from their sight, he didn't keep going like he was on a journey. Time and space no longer has any effect on him, Right. obviously. He went into wherever he is. So Jesus is the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Christ hasn't even raised from the dead. I, my, my lesson Sunday morning was 1 Corinthians 15. Yep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. As in Adam, that first one, all die, so in Christ, all will be made alive, each in his own turn. Christ the first fruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end comes when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he's destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. Now just check this out. For he must reign until he has put his enemies under his feet. And I really stress this. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. That's what he was getting rid of on our behalf. There will be no more death. We will go to sleep. You will, you will sleep. But sleep is a lot better than <laughs> eternal death. Yeah. So you say, so what you're saying is, you're fixing to get, and so does everybody else who's who are in Jesus. If their faith is in Jesus and they fall asleep, they die. That has been taken care of. You're just in the best sleep you've ever had with no nightmares and no time will pass. You will simply close your eyes and open them, and there he is. There's no, uh-oh, oh, I mean, I mean... I wish he'd hurry up. No, this is the best sleep you'll ever get. You have, you're a son of God or a daughter of God, and you just died. Everything is peaceful now. There's no pain. There's no, there's no waiting. You you close your eyes and you open them. It's that quick. Yeah. And all the ones that, that's why he said, let me just show you how this works. He called a couple of them out and said, y'all come with me a minute. And the, the two that came with him up on the mountain, he said, come up here and just show yourself. I want you to let them understand that there's no problem here. Yeah, talking about the transfiguration? Sure. Yeah. The transfig- and then they just they just looked around. All of a sudden, we're seeing two people that lived thousands of years ago. Yeah. Great point. Let's uh, Let's take another break. That's my take on physical death. No, that's good. And Jason, I want to say something. But so, because you, before you finish that text, you had the talked- last enemy is to be destroyed is death. Yes, that's what we're awaiting. That's right. So you, because most of the time we focus on the ascension being about his reign, which Dad just read as well in First Corinthians fifteen, 
and his mediating work, which we get from Timothy, the idea that he's there in heaven and he's he represents us there. But really, we've missed a lot because of what you brought out in that last podcast, which I love it. But don't you think it odd that he just literally turned around and said, y'all come here, man, Moses, you and, and uh, who was the guy with him? Elijah. 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 Said, y'all come over here a minute. I want these, I want these guys to see this. Right. And they just walk up there. They're like, Good. Just a paraphrase of the text. <laughs> he was giving them a glimpse. They were asleep. You're right. He was giving them a glimpse of what eternity looks like. I agree. Phil <laughs> said, y'all come over here a minute. <laughs> <laughs> which is a redneck. Which is a redneck way of saying what he did, right? Yeah. Well, so, if you actually go read that text, it'll be a lot funnier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, for, but you mentioned fulfilling the universe, which I hadn't thought about, but that's exactly what it said there. And then the, all those unifying texts, the ascension unifies all these different groups that oh. you mentioned before. But here's another one. And so what you just read in John, it, he exchanges his singular role in being here to save the world from sin, all of humanity, to then an indwelling universal role of the Holy Spirit. That's why it says, if I don't leave, I can't send the Spirit. And it's going to be better for you because the Spirit's going to live in you. Because right now, He was living with them. All right, just think about this. Because look, I read enough scholars last night where it just made me very frustrated about this. And I, and I even asked Missy, I was like, I mean, babe... What do you think about how the Holy Spirit was operating in the Old Testament compared to the New Testament? What would you say? And I was only wanting her to talk just to see if she was kind of agreeing with what I was going to talk about when we got to this point. And she's like, I never got all that figured out. Uh, and then she said, I don't know why we're why these people keep writing these Christian songs. She said that I love. Because she likes the the beat, you yeah. know. But she said, "But that are saying, please send your spirit on us." Because she's she said, "I'm singing constantly in church. Please send your spirit." And and she's saying, "I have God's spirit living inside of He's me. Here. It came two thousand years ago. It was poured out. Why why do we keep singing these songs?" And I said, "Excellent point, babe. I may bring that up." But all I want to say is the reason I had this epiphany, not epiphany, I just had a realization in Ephesians, is if I just picked out a few other random texts, like the, the end of Ephesians 1.10, where it says, in speaking of, of fulfilling all times, that God wanted to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head even Christ. Well, in chapter 1 and verse 22, it says, And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. And you've probably seen those little pictures that people have used where they have Jesus ascended and you have his feet. They have the clouds, you know, and it's just two feet. Have you ever seen those? Those paintings? No. It, in these like real fancy type churches and the staying that they'll have hit they'll have a cloud and there'll be two feet sticking out of it. I haven't seen that, that. That's where they're getting the idea. But I'm saying that's two times in the first chapter that he's saying he's the head, he's exalted, he's above. And then in, in 22, what I'm reading, he, he's the head over everything for the church. Look, 
which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So now he's, since when he was exalted, you think, what exactly happened? Just think about it. His body, this new, indestructible, imperishable body that could walk through a wall, but that could eat fish that could also levitate, but it could hug people who could be touched, who said, look at my hands and my feet. Well, that body, the man from Nazareth, Jesus, this same Jesus is what Acts 1, he leaves. The spirit is now poured out based on God's promise. It's it's offered. There's signs that go along with it. They were the disciples are going to start speaking, and the apostles are going to start speaking languages they've never studied by the power of the yep. spirit. You have wind, and there's a picture of fire, or something like wind, and it's a seem to be fire. And then all of a sudden. You get to verse 38 after the first sermon about Jesus in detail to all these Jews that were gathered around. And he says, they say, what did we do? You know, they were cut to the heart. He said, repent, be baptized. Everyone of you in the name of Jesus, which is the key phrase of that. What do we do? In the name of Jesus, repent and be baptized and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, something changed right there. So when you think about Jesus leaving, well, how is Jesus going to make his presence known? I mean, he's the image of the invisible God. We become, I just read it, the body of Christ. Yep. His body, the one that was resurrected, leaves. He sends the Spirit, and then Paul, writing to the Ephesians, says... He appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body. Look, you, you can't make this up. The Christ connection. has indeed been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, Adam, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam, all die. But here comes Jesus and the Spirit. So in Christ, all will be made alive, each in his own turn. Christ the first fruits, he, he showed everybody. Then when he comes, those who belong to him, then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom of God, the, 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 us, the church, over to God, the Father, after he's destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he's put his, all of his enemies under his feet. Well, that was the, the key phrase. enemy to be destroyed is death. But we hadn't got there yet. But he's not. reigning now. But we're, we're, you know that verse says whether we're awake or asleep? Well, we're awake. And, and my point is, when you read Ephesians and you get to chapter 2, he starts talking about this since Christ has head over everything, and his body is now making the presence of Jesus known in this world. Well, you think, well, what was Jesus doing when he was on the earth before he ascended? In Luke, he was saying, there's a kingdom coming. He then officially becomes king when he died for the sins of the world, and he was resurrected, and then he ascended 
and exalted so he could be and feel the whole universe. Right. How's he going to feel the universe if he left? Right. That's the question I'm yeah. trying to address. Yeah. Right. So then Ephesians 2 says, well, you were dead in your sins and transgressions when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Well, that's the same God, you know, the, the passage that says the God of this age, little g, yep. has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light, the glory of the cross. Well, that's the same being that Jesus battled with while he was here. Yep. He came to destroy his work. So my point is, Paul's writing to Ephesians. He's saying, look, the battle is continuing. The presence of Jesus is here on the earth. Yep. The only thing that changed is he's exalted. He sent his spirit and you are continuing that battle. Here's how I know that's true. When he gets to verse six, it says, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. And I always used to be miffed on what that meant. But when he was exalted, he, he sent the spirit down to us. It kind of takes you back to John 14, where he began the prediction of sending out the Holy Spirit in a verse that I think most people misuse because they think, oh, that's Jesus is you know, making, building a mansion up there with many rooms and he's preparing a place for us and we're all going to go there one day. It's more about him being exalted yep. and giving us his spirit. And though that those two acts are merging heaven and earth. So technically we are seated with Jesus in the heavenly realms because yep. we have his spirit That's in right. us, even though we're on the earth. It's not a time and space issue. Goodbye, death. Which is why we're not overly concerned when we pass out. That's exactly right. Or, you know, we're not, we, we don't grieve like the rest of men. We have no hope. We also don't panic or fear like That's the right. rest of men. Because in the end, we're in an earthly tent, just like Jesus was. And what happened to him? Well, they killed him. Oh, how terrifying. And if he doesn't come back, we're going to die too. So you remember the moment he has with Mary after he's resurrected? She comes up, grabbing a hold of him, and he's like, okay, let, let, let me go. I must go and do what? Ascend to my father. It's not, not, not time yet. Yep. And people say, oh, maybe he was radiating. And No, it's not about that at all. She was thinking, because what had just happened? In John 11, a few chapters before, he had raised Lazarus. The next week, it was all... Normal business that they went had a party. Remember, they went back there, and she's like, "Oh, he's we're we're going again." And he's like, "No, no, I did this so I could be exalted." This is not what it says, yeah. but I'm just giving you what I think he meant. I'm going to the right hand of God, and and this is better because I'm going to send you the Spirit. You're going to be clothed with power, and then we're connected even though seemingly we're apart. Yep. And that's why when he gets to uh, Ephesians 2 and verse 19, it says, consequently, you're no longer foreigners, aliens. Now listen to this. But fellow citizens with God's people. That's why Philippians, he said, our citizenship is in heaven. Yep. And then it says, and members of God's household, God's household, 
Well, in John 14, 23, after he said, I won't leave you as orphans, I'm going to give you a counselor. He's going to be in you. Then he says, if you obey my commands and teachings, which one of the commands were, was all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, uh, you know, preach the good news, baptizing people in the name of Jesus, which is what happened is happening next too. And he says, me and my father, John 14, 23, will go to him, this person who trusts me in his Obama commands, and we will make our home with him. Well, here in Ephesians, he's saying we're fellow citizens, we're members of his household. Then he gets to verse 21. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. That's the new temple. That's us. You cannot have a disconnection of Jesus being exalted and the Holy Spirit coming out. Correct. It merges together. Yes. It, it, it was an opportunity. Now, it came first to the Jews, and we'll get to that in Acts 2, because everybody there in Acts chapter 2, when the Spirit poured out, were Jews. I had an interesting debate with my buddy because I was sharing this with him, and he said, no, I'm sure there was people... And if uh, Acts 2, 5 says, now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. It was yep. the day of Pentecost. They That's were correct. gathering up. It was a Jewish festival. Yep. 50 days after the Passover. Correct. Passover happened to the Israel nation. So then all of a sudden, you hear this sound. And, well, it's, it's, it's hard to describe the Holy Spirit. It yep. said it was like... The, it, it sounded like the sound of a blowing wind. Was it a blowing wind? No, it just sounded like that. And we, what we saw was seemed to be tongues of fire yeah. on their head. Was it actually tongues of fire? Well, it seemed that way. So they're seeing this, and all of a sudden, these men start speaking the wonders of God. You say, why? Because these people believed in God. They weren't talking about Jesus at this point. They were talking about God. And they're like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. And then you remember what they concluded. They must be drunk. Right. Never seen this at a day of Pentecost. And they're like, we're not drunk. It's nine o'clock in the morning. So whatever happened here was a major happening, which is perfect yeah. place for us to stop because we're out of time. But we'll pick this up. In the next, we really just set up for this whole thing in Acts chapter two, which is where this is going. So we'll see you next time on. Well, that was quite the setup. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Unashamed podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes, and don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else. Subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.